Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thanks so much for tuning in to Health Mystery Solved. Today, we're talking about sleep troubles. Ah, those sleepless nights. Have you ever been there? Whether occasional or chronic, having trouble sleeping is never fun and can have very serious implications on your overall health. I have lots of goodies to share in this episode on the many different ways you can support your sleep coming right up. I wanted to give a quick shout out to RAEF234 for leaving a five-star review on iTunes. It's actually from a client, though I was not able to recognize the name from the iTunes profile. But thank you, thank you for this review. She writes, I've been a patient of Venus for over a decade. She's an incredible practitioner to have on your health team, and I am thrilled she's getting to share her warmth and vast knowledge through this podcast. I was actually just telling my husband about this really sweet review, and he said, oh, do you know who it is? I'm sure there's not that many people that you've worked with for over a decade. But interestingly enough, as I thought about it, there are actually a lot. And no, not because it takes over a decade to get better. Most people see a difference in the first few months. But I think that once people feel better, they like to stay connected and check in. And then as they go through other life events, like getting pregnant or going through menopause, they want the additional support. And it's always easier when someone already knows your whole health history. I never really thought about it this way. And I just feel so honored to have been working with so, so many of you for so many years and being part of your health journey. So thank you. And you guys can read the full review on iTunes. And if you're enjoying the show and can take a minute to post a review, I would really appreciate it because these reviews help to move the podcast up in the ranks so that it's shown to more people that can really benefit from this information. All right, getting back to sleep issues. Trouble sleeping is called insomnia, but did you know that there's two types? There is type one, where you have trouble falling asleep, and type two, where you fall asleep okay, but then wake up in the middle of the night. And when I say wake up, I don't mean get up to go to the bathroom and go right back to sleep, but wake up for whatever reason, even if it is to go to the bathroom, but then it takes you 20 minutes or more to fall back asleep. Does this sound familiar at all? 
Not being able to sleep can be torturous. I have dealt with my share of health issues. And though chronic sleep trouble is actually one of the few things that I've not experienced personally, I have certainly had it on occasion and it's just no fun. The tossing and turning and then just feeling awful the next day, going through your day like a zombie, I don't wish it on anyone. So today, I want to tell you about some of the underlying reasons of why this may happen and go over some safe and effective options that you can try to correct it. Having trouble falling asleep can be due to many reasons, but some of the biggies are stress and having high cortisol. Also having a low melatonin, which can be due to things like low serotonin coming from gut issues like dysbiosis. And melatonin is also easily destroyed. So being in bright light or on your electronic devices close to bed can significantly lower melatonin levels. And then mineral deficiencies, especially things like calcium and magnesium, are other big contributors. Now, if you fall asleep okay, but then wake up in the middle of the night, especially between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m., the two biggies for that are often high cortisol, or stress hormone, or a liver issue. Let me explain this just a bit further. Most of us are familiar with cortisol, our stress hormone, because we hear about it so much. But it's a little more complex than just having too much or too little. It's all about balance. So our cortisol actually changes throughout the day. Ideally, when we wake up, our cortisol should be at its highest and not too high, but within a certain range, say between about seven and 10. And then as we go through our day, it should slowly go down. So it should look kind of like a ski slope curve. So say in the morning, if you wake up at 7 a.m., we should be maybe at around eight and then it'll go down to say a five and then maybe a three. And then at say 10 p.m. before going to bed, we should be at its lowest, you know, which is say between about one and three. And then as you're sleeping, the cortisol is gonna slowly rise, but it's not gonna really spike or it shouldn't really spike ideally, until the morning when you wake up. What happens though, is that when we're under stress, our cortisol production becomes off and many people have what we call a reverse cortisol curve. So that is where in the morning they may start out okay. And then they'll go down slowly throughout the day, but then instead of going all the way down at night, it spikes back up. And for some people, it could be before going to bed, which is what has them having trouble falling asleep. And then for others, it spikes in the middle of the night, right between that 2 and 4 a.m. mark. So as your cortisol goes up quickly, it then wakes you up and people almost feel like they're jolted awake. That's cortisol. Whereas ideally, it should go up slowly throughout the night and then really spike in the morning when it's time for you to wake up. Make sense? So there are a lot of tests that can test for cortisol. So you could see where you are. I like using the salivary cortisol panels because if you just go to your doctor and get your blood drawn at say eight in the morning or 10 in the morning, you're going to get your cortisol at that time. You're not going to see that full pattern and sitting at your doctor's office all day long, having your blood drawn throughout the day is probably not the most convenient thing. So the salivary cortisol profiles are great because it's saliva. So essentially you just collect some saliva, you just spit in a tube and um, you do that four times throughout the day. And then the lab tests it and you can see what your curve looks like. There's also a way to do that through urine as well with a dried urine analysis. So it's a nice way to see 
if your cortisol is going on the right path or if it's too low or too high or is spiking at the wrong times of day. The issue with this, additionally to not being able to fall asleep and having sleep trouble, is that when you're constantly spiking your cortisol in the evening or in the middle of the night, there's only so much cortisol to go around. So eventually it's going to deplete. And then in the morning, there's not going to be enough because you've used it all night long. And that's when people start to feel the fatigue. So not only are you tired because you're not sleeping, but you're also not producing enough cortisol for your morning and your later morning and early afternoon. And so that's when they really get that reverse curve when it's high at night, low in the morning, and you know that can lead to fatigue. And eventually, if we don't do anything about it, even the night levels will fall and then people get what we call that flat line level where the cortisol is just low all the way around and that's when people start to experience chronic fatigue. The good news, of course, is there's a lot that we can do to help support your adrenal glands and cortisol and we'll talk about that in just a second. Now, the second biggie is the liver. And this is for if you wake up in the middle of the night between 2 and 4 a.m. and have trouble falling asleep. Now, when I'm talking about liver, I am not necessarily talking about having liver disease or anything like that, but more that the liver may be sluggish or toxic. As you probably already know, the liver is our filter. Its job is to process toxins for us day in and day out. And even if we try to live a clean lifestyle, we're exposed to a lot of toxins all the time. When those detox pathways get overwhelmed, toxins back up, sort of like gridlock on a rush hour in a busy city. That creates physical stress on the body because remember, stress can be both physical or emotional and in turn can wake you up in the middle of the night. So what can you do? Well, thankfully, there are lots of approaches. So you have a lot of things that you can try. If stress is part of your issue... And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it is probably at least a part for most people who are having sleep troubles. You want to look into ways to down-regulate your nervous system. To do this, there typically is a two-fold approach. One is through the mind-body approach, and the other is through food and supplementation. From the mind-body, one of my favorite things is meditation. I actually have a whole episode on meditation and its effect on sleep with my meditation teacher, Emily Fletcher. If you missed that episode, that was episode five. So please go back and check that one out. I know that meditation may seem hard and people often tell me their mind is too active and they can't clear it. And trust me, I was the same way till I learned this method. The coolest thing about it is that you don't have to clear your mind because as Emily explains, your brain's job is to think just like your heart's job is to beat. So telling your brain to stop thinking is just absurd and is not the point of meditation. That point alone was my turning point. And after years of trying and feeling like I was failing at meditation, I was able to learn a method that truly worked and I didn't have to stop thinking. You guys can learn more about it in episode five. Mindfulness and being able to be more present and tune into your body is another way to bring down your nervous system. This method is not as good to remove stress from the past like meditation is, but it's wonderful at lowering stress in the right now, which is very helpful for sleep. So those are things like guided meditations 
or focusing on a specific type of music or doing a body scan where you focus on different areas of the body and really feel what's happening. So what you're doing is you're bringing your attention within your body. Some other things on the mind-body front are journaling and doing visualizations, which are also great. From a supplement perspective, one of my favorite supplements for lowering cortisol levels at night is phosphatidylserine. I use a product called PS150 from Designs for Health. It lowers cortisol and helps to balance the adrenal gland. Now, a typical, say, 130-pound person can take 300 milligrams of phosphatidylserine, and if cortisol is part of the issue, the results could be seen in as little as one to two weeks. Magnesium is another wonderful tool, and this mineral helps stress and calms and relaxes the body. There are many forms of magnesium, but my favorite when it comes to sleep is the glycinate form because it gets into the tissues much better than the magnesium salts like magnesium citrate. We all have different magnesium levels in our bodies, and some people may need more than others. But for most of the clients that I see, a 300 milligram dose could be a great start. There's another form of magnesium called magnesium threonate, and that is magnesium bound to the amino acid threonate. This form of magnesium is not so much for the tissues, but more for the brain because it crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it can also be helpful for sleep when there's an overactive mind. And by the way, also, it's very good for headaches. If the insomnia is due to the liver, doing a liver cleanse can be very helpful. There are various tests, uh, such as an organic acid test that can look at certain liver pathways. However, if you have a history of consuming alcohol three or more times a week, even if it's just one or two drinks, taking certain medications like NSAIDs or birth control pills, eating out at restaurants several times a week, or if you have not cleansed your liver in the last year, there's a good chance some of your liver detox pathways may be sluggish and you can benefit from a cleanup. Herbs such as milk thistle and dandelion are wonderful to support the liver. I typically like going with synergistic formulas because all of the ingredients work so nicely together. And some of my favorite combinations are the Push Catch Detox from Quicksilver Scientific, LVGB Complex from Designs for Health, and Lifton Complex from Standard Process. And depending on the cleanse that you choose, you know, typically around three weeks is a good amount of time. Some of them are done for two, some are done for four, but I think three weeks is sort of that happy uh, middle point where people usually see a difference. For many people, supporting cortisol and liver works great for sleep. However, if you've tried these approaches and are still having trouble, there's still a lot of other options available to try. There are several herbs that are known to have calming properties and can be calming to both the mind and the body. These are valerian root and lemon balm, and many people have found success with a synergistic formula called myosedate, which includes those and a few other herbs from Designs for Health. Another good option to try is GABA. GABA is the brain's major inhibitory neurotransmitter, which prevents overstimulation and therefore promotes calm. It's wonderful for stress, anxiety, and sleep. If you take GABA, just keep in mind that it works best sublingually. So this just means that you have to hold it in your mouth for a few seconds, ideally about 30 seconds before swallowing it. 
I have great results with a liquid or a chewable form of it. The liquid is the liposomal GABA from Quicksilver Scientific, and the chewable is the pharma GABA from Designs for Health. If you already have GABA capsules at home, you can increase the effectiveness by opening up the capsule and holding the powder in your mouth and then swallowing it with a sip of water. It's going to work much better that way than if you swallow the whole capsule. If you have low melatonin levels, and there are several tests that can look at that through urine, you can also try taking melatonin. If you're under the age of 50, though, I don't suggest melatonin unless you know for sure your levels are low. And that's because if you're not low and you take it, your body can slow down its own production, which we don't want. Now, please also keep in mind that melatonin helps you fall asleep. So it works best for the type 1 insomnia, where someone has trouble falling asleep and not so much for waking up in the middle of the night. Plus, if you take melatonin in the middle of the night, you might feel groggy the next day because there's just not as much time left to sleep then. Another supplement that I'm finding very helpful is CBD. CBD oil comes from the hemp plant and it's extracted in the way where it does not contain any THC. So it'll not get you high, but it's wonderful for sleep and also really great for inflammation. I have many clients who have improved their sleep with CBD products. Now, as for brands, there are so many different ones these days. I think there's a little bit of a trial and error where some brands work better for some than others. But what's important to remember is look for a brand that is organic, because if not, the oils and extracts may contain all types of pesticides and toxins. So we talked about the cortisol connection and both the mind, body, and supplement approaches there, the liver connection in those approaches, as well as the calming minerals, herbs, amino acids, and oils. Additionally, please take a look at what you're eating for dinner. Eating a heavy meal two hours or less before going to bed can hinder sleep. Try to eat a little earlier so you have three hours to digest before sleep if possible and balance your meal to include a clean protein, plenty of non-starchy vegetables, and a wholesome carb if needed. Avoid large portions of red meat in the evenings and try not to eat too many carbs for dinner, especially if you're not balancing those carbs with a good fat or protein. Pay attention also to what you're doing before bed. Dim the lights. Avoid watching anything stimulating on TV and stay away from your electronic devices right before bed to preserve your melatonin levels. If you really, really need to be on your devices, you can look into the blue light, black, and glasses. There's tons of options on Amazon. They're not typically super sexy, but they do work if you wear them for about 45 minutes before going to bed. There you have it. My sleep tips all in one place. As always, even though we may have similar health ailments, we are all different. So the answers may not always be exactly the same for each of you. And so my goal is to show you many of the possible solutions that can help so that you can really be your own health advocate and help your body heal. Don't take no for an answer. There is a solution for what you're going through. We just have to look in the right place. When it comes to your health mysteries, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm wishing you all a calm and sound night of sleep. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mysteries Solved.
All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.